to be the same. Mm -hmm. So you want them to all feel the same all the way through from one to Absolutely. So there's a condom. So it's one story. So you're not watching like piece, piece, piece. It's, it all has to be one connection. It's one, you're watching one story and you feel like if one piece was missing. Do you know what I mean? I was trying to figure out how many stories there really were and I guess it's nine main characters. Yeah, nine I heard you say. That was fucking DeLuca who said six stories. And I was like, I'm trying to make one story, you know? Yeah. Is that a last for a rewrite or anything? That wasn't a thing. No. It's gonna end up. No. You know why? Final cut. <laughs> it's a scary thing to give to a guy like me. Hello, Trent. Hello, Parth. <coughs> it's nice good to see you. To see you. Wow. You're looking Whoa. well. Look, Look at, at us. us. <gasps> um, wow. Man, this is crazy. This is, we could do this all day. But all of those uh, were natural. I felt. I felt. I Yeah, I, I wasn't trying to guess what you were gonna do. But I do want to know. But I, I do, do want to guess know, what I you do. were eating. Oh, guess is a strong word, given you just saw me eat it. But I feel like the bigger question would be what did I eat off screen before I ate that Tootsie Roll lollipop that I gave um, very positive, very good reviews. I I hadn't had a lollipop in a while, and it was on my desk, and then I seemed to have a realization on cam about how awesome lollipops were. And how cool it is that they put bubble gum in the middle. Yeah. What about what about you? Or um, do you want to know what I had before that? Uh, quickly tell me what you had. Well, it's sort of a three course meal, and before that, I had a bowl of honey nut Cheerios with some milk, and then before that, I went to the study abroad fair at the College of Student Center like two days ago, and the best thing about it was they had a really delicious buffet of Mediterranean food, and mm. so I went there and I got like a bunch of grape leaves and wow. Uh, and, you know, chicken kebab and tasty rice and all that stuff. And I brought it home. I made a long, cold walk home, like, holding it like this, just in, like, a, a flimsy paper plate. And the liquid was, like, seeping through. But I got it home, put it in the fridge, and then I just ate it. And it was fucking awesome. And it makes me think, this is the one reason we should go to school-involved sponsored functions more. Like, a lot yes. of free food. Do, do you remember, I mean, this is not school-sponsored free food, but do you remember Seafood Night at Brower? Uh, King Neptune Night. Yes. I've yeah, 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 that's what it, I, yes. I, I didn't go, but uh, a friend off the show, my freshman year roommate, uh, Luke Ziegler, famously went, and he said he made a killing. Yes. And did you know, to go to King Neptune Night when you didn't have uh, a meal plan, and the, for the meal plan it costed two swipes, um, because like lobsters were at play. But it cost seventy five dollars to a non meal. That plan. is crazy. I mean, it was all you can eat lobster, which is I feel like a rare opportunity for like the middle class. That's true. Well, I, I guess the the crazier thing is that one meal swipe is equivalent to like seventeen dollars or something like that. Um, yep. Which that food is not worth seventeen dollars, is all I'll say. No, but uh, but do you want to know what I had, or do you not care at all? I do care. Um, 
So back to what we were saying, Parth, what, what did you have? Whoa, you asked me. Um, well, I had sort of mentioned this a little bit before we started recording. I'd said that I wanted to talk to you about something, but I couldn't because it, it would sound good to talk about it on air. Sure. Um, so, so so natural, so genuine. Yeah, so there was a little bit of time uh, before we started recording, and in that time, I was talking to my roommate and friend off the show, or friend of the show, Chloe Ditloff, um, and her boyfriend, friend off the show, uh, Julian Melendi, and um, they are having s- somewhat of a date night right next doors. Um, I can kind of hear them right now, but um, that's that's comforting. Y- yeah, I hope their I hope their date night's going well. So do I. Um, But they made mini chicken tacos that they gotten from Trader Joe's. And they were like, if you want one or two, you can have one. So I had one of those. And then the crazier thing is that Julian Melendi had gotten some Chardonnay. And and are you are you Lucy Goosey on the show right now? Trent, Trent, Trent. We'll get there. We'll get there. Should I go? Should I go crack a brew? Really get relaxed? Um, Maybe uh, if you want. Um. You know, I just if if a ma- it's a matter of chance, it's all these it's things. All, if the, it's all part of the plan. If the um, beer happens to fall out of the fridge and into my hands, and then I mean, there's nothing the you universe. can do about that. You know, it's just a matter that's of not chance. your fault. But anyways, uh, point being, I haven't drank in a really, really long. Well, not really, really long. Like since Halloween, but even in Halloween, I didn't like go crazy or anything. And um. They offered me Chardonnay and I was like, nah, I, I think I'm fine. And because I've been really stressed about shooting my senior thesis yeah. this weekend. I, I, I was just going to say, now would be a good time to to self-medicate with alcohol, given that and you have uh, the most important project of your whole life uh, up to this point. Well, that's comforting. But um, I, I was like, wait. I'm not going to drink on Friday night because I have to shoot on Saturday and I'm not going to sh- drink on Saturday because I have to shoot on Sunday. And likely I'm not going to drink the weekend after that or the weekend after that. Um, Mm. Why? Well, weekend after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanksgiving. And like, I don't love drinking around my family. It's so awkward and weird. And the weekend after that, I'm filming again. So I was like, you know what? I'm feeling really stressed out. I'm going to fucking go for it. So I have, I'm so happy. I had half a glass of Chardonnay. And having I the older I get, the more I learn that drinking alcohol with a meal is like so rewarding and so so much better than drinking on an empty stomach, which I feel like yeah. is so easy to do. Part this is this has inspired me, and now I see the, the like the the color in your eye return, and I kind of want a Miller High Life out of the fridge. Well, Can I go Trent, get one? Trent, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy you oh, some time. I'll do it. I'll do it during the time. intro. I, I'll, I'll okay. I'm gonna buy you some time. I see where this. Let's is going. cue the intro. Okay. I took a ride into the danger zone. 
My breath away. Watching every motion in my foolish love is gay. I'm just feeling ocean. I love is no notion. Are you not entertained? <laughs> I haven't even seen Gladiator, but I Have love you really? that soundbite. I it's love a good soundbite. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies each week. We talk about a film, and if we have a crew member out that found to talk with us about their experience working on the picture. But last this week, week. Oh, last oh, week. I, uh, I was going to say last week we had sound mixer, John Pritchett. Yes, to talk about that, to talk with us about his experience working on Magnolia, the PTA D- film. Divided um, into two parts, like 30, 30 mins each. That's short I was for gonna, minutes. I, I was going to say, uh, this episode is not part of that two-part uh, show. This is the discussion of Magnolia. Yeah. So definitely go check out those episodes if you haven't already. But, but if, you're if you here, just want to hear us talk, like s- you, this is around. the right place to be. You know? Yeah, Parth, should our goal be for this podcast to exceed or equal the runtime of this film? Wow, that is a tall or you know what we should do? We should have like maybe like we should get like six or seven other podcast hosts and just oh, sort of and like we'll do, cut... and we'll do like podcast vignettes. Yes. And we should and have like the... a piece of music that just plays over the whole thing. Save me. Wise up. <laughs> I don't remember how the song goes, but I know it's wise up. Um Yeah. Wow, Trent, I Wait. readjusted my body, and I was like, whoa, I'm a little tipsy. Really? Um, this is this is tipsy pod, I suppose. Should we put it in parentheses, or, I, I mean... I guess we'll see where you are by the end of this episode, because you, uh, uh, I guess this hasn't happened for the listeners, but Trent told me that he brought a vodka crayon to drink. Yeah, I couldn't find beer, um... And I, uh, there wasn't any time to go to the store, so I had to improvise. But yeah. um, I thought I was going to feel like a big, strong man, but now I feel like a cool, cool, cool lady. cat, cool Ooh. like a cool, like a cool, a cool cat, a cool yeah. lady cat. Interesting. Female, um, female cat. Trent, is it your turn or my turn to do a five-word synopsis of this film, or ten-word synopsis? Sorry. Well, it's hard to do justice to this movie in uh, in ten words. You know, I saw the three hour and eight minute runtime, and so I was expecting that. And then it ran credits at three hours and one minute, and I really yeah. thought, I really thought, wow, they really just tried to get over the three minute, the three hour hump, just to say yeah. they did. Yeah. And uh, and you gotta <laughs> respect it, uh, but I'm sure we'll talk more later on about the drawbacks of a three hour film. No, I have nothing but positive things to say. But maybe I should give the ten word synopsis. I don't think I did last time. What was the last movie really? we covered? Bodies, bodies, wow. bodies. Good question. Right? Into into the folder. Um, oh, I think it was bodies, bodies, there. bodies, because we went it, straight it, it from. It was. It was. It was. It was. Wow. Crystal Who did it? Is f- fucking stacked. Who did it for bodies, bodies, bodies? Only time will tell. You want a rock paper scissors? Sure. 
Alright, just one. That should be more right, than yeah, enough. Yeah, that's fine. Rock. Rock. Paper. Paper. Scissors. Whoa, 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 whoa. We have to get in the same Let, Wait, let's just, let's just, let's just get... flip a coin. Let's just flip a coin. Oh, what? Well, right, how about we both text in the chat on three with our rock, paper, or scissors? Yeah? The chat or... In our, our... in in our, in our chat. And we'll... Okay. Uh, okay. When I say shoot, I'll go rock, paper, scissors, shoot. When I say shoot, and send we, it in. Where we, okay, right. correct. <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh! <laughs> go fuck yourself, Trent. Do no, you feel didn't... sad? Do you feel small? <laughs> Do you feel Just... like you need a little bit of help? Just for the record, at 7.38, Parth typed scissors, and just moments after, I typed paper. Um, ben Parth's name in the chat is Parth Marate, and mine is Chris <laughs> Evans, because I, Wait, I was Wait, I beat Chris Evans. I was told that with headphones on, I look like Chris Evans at the Venice Film Festival, but it wouldn't let me do- Wait, not Chris that. Evans. Chris Pine. his name? Chris Pine. Chris Evans is Captain America. Well, I'm so yeah. embarrassed. No, this it's but, fine. It's fine. But uh, I can't believe I've referenced it several times so far, and you didn't, yeah. and you didn't correct me. Trent, Trent, you just I'm, wanted Trent, me to embarrass I, myself. I had half a, a glass brain. of Chardonnay. I'm feeling so fucked up. I don't even know what's happening. My mom's calling me right now, but I had two sips of the vodka crayon, so we can't handle that right now. And yeah, you wouldn't want to tell her you were drinking alcohol or anything, you know. Um, no, she she, it would just be a whole thing. Um, but I'm more curious about um, the ten word synopsis. Um, Wait, oh yeah, we didn't determine if the winner or loser is the one who does it. I, I assume the winner just, did it, but I. Okay, that means that being forced to do this is considered a good thing. Do you want to do it, or do you want to hand off the responsibility to me? Um, As, like, a punishment. I want to do it because I want to summarize War of the Worlds, and because we're going to alternate. Oh, oh, right? so. I, I see. So that means I can summarize Collateral two weeks yes. from now. Or yeah. three weeks. Thank you. That's very nice of you. Okay, um, with all that being said, let's hear it. Lots of people really sad in the San Fernando Valley. Lots of people very sad in the San Fernando Valley. Parth, 10 words exactly. Clap, clap. Congratulations. Thank but you. the real synopsis, Circa the Internet, says an epic mosaic of interrelated characters in search of love, forgiveness, and meaning in the San Fernando Valley. So you did have that much. You had that. I, much I had three of those words. Um, of the yeah. And do you, do you, are you curious how much money the movie costed? No, nah, I don't. I don't really care. I'm kidding. I want to know. Go ahead. You had you had me for a second. So the budget is thirty seven million, and the box office is forty eight point five million. A fucking hit. I, a fucking hit, and I know that PTA was given uh, basically um, like final fi- final cut on this, and was told he could do whatever he wanted. And it makes me wonder what the budget for Boogie Nights was. So I'm wondering how much of a step up it was financially. Yeah, but I'm, you start I'm, talking. I'm wondering then, how this movie got made. You know, the Boogie Nights budget is fifteen million dollars. Oh, so a little over twice the budget. 
And Hard Eight slash Sydney was three million. And then his most recent movie, Licorice Pizza, was only forty million, which is only three more million than Magnolia. But with inflation these days, who knows? Has who anyone called knows? you a mathematician? You did those calculations so quickly. It wasn't. I didn't calculate, and it was all listed out in front of me. A much smarter person did them. But tell me about as I work through the burp. Tell me about uh, the production history. So PTA started to get ideas for Magnolia during the long editing period of Boogie Nights after Wait, the I critical. Don't, I don't. I don't feel comfortable with the acronym. Can you say his full name? <coughs> Sorry, Paul. Paul Thomas Anderson started to get ideas for Magnolia during the you long mean, editing period of Boogie Nights. According to um, the credits, it's P.T. Anderson, which is weird. After the critical and financial success of Boogie Nights, New Line Cinema told Anderson he could do whatever he wanted. And Paul Thomas Anderson said, I was in a position that I will never be in again. Michael DeLuca, head of production at New Line, gave Anderson final cut without even hearing an idea for the film. And initially, wow. Anderson wanted to make a movie that was intimate and small scale and something he could shoot in 30 days. He had the title of Magnolia in his head before he even wrote the script. As he started writing, the script kept blossoming, and he realized there were many hey. actors he wanted to write for, and then decided to put, quote, an epic spin on topics that don't necessarily get the epic treatment. He also said that he wanted to, quote, make the epic all-time great San Fernando Valley movie. Anderson started with lists of images, words, and ideas that start, quote, resolving themselves into sequel sequences and shots of di- and dialogue. Before Anderson became a filmmaker, one of the jobs he had was an assistant for a television game show Quiz Kid Challenge, which is obviously incorporated into the script. Paul Thomas Anderson used friend Amy Mann's first two solo albums and demo tracks for her upcoming third album, Bachelor Number no. 2, or Last Remains of the Dodo, as a basis and inspiration for the film, and several of her songs can be heard in the film. The character of Jim Curring originated in 1998 when actor John C. Riley grew a mustache out of interest and started putting together an unintelligent cop character. Well, I should put together, I should grow a mustache out of interest and then put together an unintelligent cop character. You're going to put yourself on the line for this guy, Jim? Sorry. (laughs) That just happens sometimes. Happy fucking Halloween. (laughs) This must be your favorite night of the year. What's going on, eh? I asked him to come, Pete. This is a crime scene. It's Mitchell, for Christ's sakes. I got the press downstairs. You know, I cut you a lot of slack, Jim, because we got history, but this is way over the line. Wait, he's involved in this? No, he's not involved. How do you know? He's a goddamn vigilante. He could be a suspect. What are you doing to me? We used to be partners. I'm just trying to find the connection, Pete. I lie still. Excuse me? The riddle. What does a liar do when he's dead? He lies still. Oh, Jesus. This must be a favorite night of the year, huh, pal? Happy fucking Halloween. Yeah, this guy, you're in. You're going to put your reputation on life for this guy, Jim? Uh, I miss um, when the Batman came out. I yeah. miss that. Weren't those the remember, days? Remember opening night of Batman? I haven't felt that Bruce level of excitement. Bruce I haven't Wayne. felt... 
I haven't felt that level of excitement course through my body in a long time. I don't know if we talked about this when we discussed the Batman, but um, uh, this is going to sound like I'm trying to trash talk you, but I'm I'm not. Just listen. Oh, Just wait wow. up. Um, Let's see where Trent, this is going. Trent, Trent showed up a little bit late to pick me up to go watch yeah. the film with me and Jackson Clark. And as a result of that, we couldn't get snacks before the film and I hadn't had yep. dinner and it was the 7 PM showing and I'd worked all day. And so I was like really like tired and annoyed and hungry. And I was yep. so like, this movie better be fucking good because if I'm not, if it's not good, I'm going to be so pissed. And then, um, the movie happened and we were laughing like best buds at the end. And I remember thinking in that moment, a, mo- a good movie is the best way to calm me down or, or to to mend a friendship that's true or to to distract you from the fact that you're really hungry and irritable and tired yeah i i, I remember that us skipping through the parking lot after the batman uh, th- thick as thieves again after uh-huh. i i believe was that did it make us so late that we walked in basically yes at, well at when the, title, the batman the title when the, card the Batman title card happened, but it, the the was playing, and so I thought like, oh, it, because it was a special screening that was happening um, two two days before the film actually premiered at AMC, and that music was playing, and all I saw was the title card, and we showed up at seven, and mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, like are they not showing ads before this, and they're just doing like a little like. They're showing the screen and like playing some music beforehand as like a prelude or whatever. And I was like, oh no, that's the movie. I just remembered that specifically happening. Anyways, back to- I could talk about the Batman all day, but if you're curious for more, listen to our episode or- Yeah, we already uh, did. Our editor, William Hoy. And our discussion but, with friend of the show, Jackson Clark. And much like the movie experience, I feel like in our discussion of the Batman, we started out annoyed with each other, and then by the end, we yes, we, we, we had buried the hatchet. It that brings us the true. best worse in us. Every time like, Jackson Clark has come on to the show, you and I have not been happy with each other at the beginning of the episode. We usually, it works itself out. Yeah. But well, maybe again, having movies. Jackson... Having Jackson be like our our shared wife, I feel like definitely complicates the, the, the all the all the chemicals in the air. That is true. All right, um, well, you want to talk about a three hour long movie though? Oh, a different three hour long movie. Wait, the how long the Batman doesn't break the the three hour barrier, does it? It just comes th- very close. No, I think it does. Really, I kind of remember it being like two hours and fifty. 56 minutes or something crazy like that oh it two hours 56 minutes are you serious i'm not kidding that's the runtime <laughs> you know Perth, some days some days you just you just have it wow all right. uh good for me all right back on track <laughs> anderson wanted philip seymour hoffman to play quote a really simple uncomplicated caring character Anderson wrote the role of Linda with Julianne Moore in mind. He said that Linda's story was inspired by his own father's wife, which that's interesting. For William H. Macy, Anderson felt that the actor was scared of big emotional parts and wrote a quote, big, tearful, emotional part for him. Our man of the hour, man of the series, Tom Cruise, was a fan of Boogie Nights and contacted PTA while working, sorry, contacted Paul Thomas Anderson while working on Eyes Wide Shut. 
Anderson met with Cruz on the set of Kubrick's film, and the actor told him to keep in mind for his next film. After Anderson finished the script for Magnolia, he sent Cruz a copy, and the next day the actor called him. Cruz was interested, but very nervous about the role. Anderson felt that Cruz was drawn to the role because he had just finished making Eyes Wide Shut, Eyes Wide Shut, playing a repressed character, and was able to play a character that was, quote, outlandish and bigger than life. Can I ask a question? Please. Is this period to me in between eyes wide shut and magnolia feels like the only two times i don't i can't the only two times i can think of that tom cruise plays like a very explicit sort of cursing a lot crude not the good guy gross generally bad person role am i wrong uh it's one of two times that he's played a role like this the other the being other less grossman oh. In, in Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. I, can well, you can you include a clip of him saying he will uh, unleash a fucking firestorm or something like that from Tropic Thunder? Just search up Tom Cruise, Les Grossman, and it'll show up. This is Les Grossman. Who is this? This is Flaming Dragon. Okay, Flaming Dragon. Fuck face. First, take a big step back and literally fuck your own face. Now, I don't know what kind of pan-Pacific bullshit power play you're trying to pull here, but Asia Jack is my territory. So whatever you're thinking, you better think again. Otherwise, I'm going to have to head down there, and I will rain down on a godly fucking firestorm upon you. You're going to have to call the fucking United Nations and get a fucking binding resolution to keep me from fucking destroying you. I am talking scorched earth, motherfucker. I will massacre you. I will fuck you up. And Just, now in this one, and, and now, I mean, I will. And now in this one, it's like, I will drop kick these fucking dogs, you know? Yes, I, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> anyways, Anderson only- filmed a full-length commercial with Cruz and even bought time on a late-night TV to play it on. So that's interesting. Anderson wrote the... Anderson wrote the role of Earl Partridge for Jason Robards, but Robards could not initially make it to due to a staph infection. And so he offered it to George C. Scott, who declined it, um, but Robards managed to take it afterwards anyways. Um, much of the material with Partridge was based on Anderson watching his own father die of cancer. Also interesting. Uh, Anderson wanted Burt Reynolds to star in the film in an unknown role after working on Boogie Nights together, but Reynolds declined it. I've heard that uh, Burt Reynolds was not a fan of Boogie Nights, which is interesting. Yes, and him, and they say like that, like the pushing, screaming match besides the pool and boogie nights is like real rage in Burt Reynolds, and that there was a lot of conflict between him and twenty-six-year-old PTA on set, who was feeling very feisty and confident. Yeah. Jack. Yeah. I'm ready to shoot. Uh, Twenty minutes, huh? No, I'm ready now. It's got to be now. Twenty minutes, babe. Fuck it. Hey. No, hey, Jack, I'm ready to shoot now. My cock is ready. I want to fuck. Let's go. 20 minutes. I want to fuck. Who's it going to be? What? Who do you want to start fucking, me or him? Me? What? Shut up, okay? I didn't do anything to you. What? You're not even an actor, man. You got no business being here. You're not a I'll fucking actor. Yes, I am. No, no, no. I'm an actor, man. I'm a real fucking Shut actor. Shut up. What? I, I, oh, right. Shut up, man. I want you to go in there. I want you to cool off, okay? Just cool off, and we'll come back and shoot the scene. I said I'm ready to shoot. Not now. I'm not going to tell you again, Jack. I'm not going to shoot you in the state you're in. What do you mean, state? 
State, state of California? I know where the fuck I am, Jesus Jack. Jesus Christ, you've been up for two days. No, I haven't been up for two days. Nevertheless, you look like you haven't been slept. So I ain't gonna shoot you this way because you don't look good. You know what? You don't tell me anything, okay? Really? You're not the boss of me. Yes, I am. Oh, you the king, huh? Yes! Hey, don't oh, fucking touch me, man! No, no, no! You yeah. shut up, too! You're not the mother of me, and you're not my boss! You're not my mother! You're not my fucking mom! Hey, man. No, no, no! I'll take you home! No, no! I'm ready to shoot the scene! I want to shoot the scene! I'm fine! I want you out of here. Look, it's over, okay? I'm done! Listen now, to I'm ready me, to shoot! Kid, I want you... Don't you fucking call me a kid! What? I'll fuck you up! You want to see me kick some ass? I know fucking karate! You want to fuck me? Hey, oh, get out of here! You are fired! You're fired, you fucking bitch! What is that? What is that? What is that? No, no, no. You know what? I'm the biggest star here, man. That's the way it is. I want to fuck. It's my big dick. So everybody get ready fucking now! You know what? Yeah, I don't need this shit. You don't fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck all of you. You're not my boss. You're not the king of me. I am the fucking king of Dirk. You're nothing without me, Jack. You're fucking nothing. Fuck this, Dirk. man. I don't need your shit. Dirk, wait. Oh, fuck I'm this, so man. sorry, Jack. I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm going to take care of the this. The Reign of Frogs now. was inspired by the works of Charles Fort. Anderson claims he did not know this was a reference to the Bible when he first wrote the sequence, which is like, I, I, I don't even know how much I believe that. Um, I don't know anything about the Bible. Is that a thing? It's a thing. Um, that it rains, that it rains just like pests and bad stuff, or specifically frogs? Um, like, I guess I don't remember, but oh, it just you, seems you seem so... Like, you, see, you seem like an expert on it two seconds ago. Uh, I'm not Cody Lawrence. Um, it's not that I'm an expert, it just seems such a, like, biblical... Like, it just seems like that's what it's referencing. But well, anyways. since this movie, or I mean, since the characters in this movie talk about like the Bible and angels and Exodus and Psalm eight two or whatever, like yeah. repeatedly throughout. Well, the film. there, there. I know that there's a reign of animals in the no, Bible. That's no, that's Noah's Ark. They put all the animals onto a boat, and then, and then the water, and then they all survived. Anderson and New Line. Wait, fuck. Filming began on January 12th, 1999. It was initially scheduled to be 79 days, but ended up requiring 90 filming days plus 10 days of second unit filming. Anderson and New Line reportedly had intense arguments about how to market the film. Uh, Anderson was unhappy with the studio's work on Boogie Nights and did not like the studio's poster or trailer for Magnolia. He ended up designing his own poster, cut a trailer together for himself, and pushed to avoid hyping Cruz's presence in the film in favor of the ensemble cast. Uh, it seems that New Line wanted a Cruzapalooza. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Magnolia opened in a limited release on December 17th, 1999 in seven theaters and was given a wide release on January 7th, 2000. The film received three Oscar nominations for Best Screenplay, Best Original Song, and Best Supporting Actor for our main man, Thomas Cruz Maypother IV. Has Thomas Cruz Maypather the fourth won how many other Oscars? He's been has he, won? he has been nominated for three Oscars and has never won one, but he has won, I believe, three Golden Globes. For what films? Um, one for Born on the Fourth of July, one for I think it was this film, and one for 
Um, something else. Oh, Jerry Maguire. Mm. Is the best original song in this movie? Is it the same? Is that? I think so. Oh, I like that song. Do they play it twice in its entirety? Trent, there's so many things that happen in this movie that's three hours and eight minutes. I could not tell you. I had such a, um, what's, what's the word? Um, like surreal viewing of this movie because it was over the course of like 10 hours and it was through two different rentals and on several different devices. And each time I started just only approximately where I was the time before, and I watch it in like fifteen minute increments. And let me tell you, like I've seen Cynthia snort so much cocaine today. I've watched so many people kill themselves. I've watched so many people crying. This um, cannot be a. Co- it, it is the opinion of this narrator that these events are not a coincidence. Sorry, I just have to get that um, but, out there. But I love human dramas, and so I'm here to watch people talk about their issues in rooms. In this big game that we play, life, it's not what you hope for, it's not what you deserve, it's what you take. I'm Frank T.J. Mackey, a master of the muffin, and author of the Seduce and Destroy system, now available to you on audio and video cassette. Seduce and Destroy will teach you the techniques to have any hard body blonde just dripping to wet your dock. Bottom line, language. The magical key to unlocking the female analytical mindset. Tap directly into her hopes, her wants, her fears, her desires, and her sweet little panties. Learn how to make that lady friend your sex-starved servant. I don't care how you look. I don't care what car you drive. I don't care what your last bank statement says. Seduce and Destroy produces an instant, money-back, guaranteed, trance-like state that will get you this naughty sauce you want fast hey how many more times do you need to hear the all too famous line of i just don't feel that way about you order now and get the entire frank tj Mackey seduce and destroy system with frank's personal magical key guarantee for the low price of 29.95 plus shipping and handling call 1-877-TAME-HER that's 877-826-3437 or check it's cool out that you love human dramas because what I love are fun facts, fun facts. Personally, I see. Um, so when offered the role of Earl Partridge, George C. Scott threw the script across the room and said, "Quote: This is the worst fucking thing I've ever read. The language is terrible." tough right parth uh paul thomas anderson wrote the bulk of the script during two weeks he spent at william h macy's vermont cabin apparently he was afraid to go outside because he'd seen a snake it's amazing to think he wrote this in primarily in two weeks but also there are stories of um the director of uh, John Hughes. Uh, John Hughes wrote writing Home Alone in like 72 hours or something like that. Yeah. Um, moving forward, the story about the man being killed by a gunshot while falling off the building has for years been used as a hypothetical case in criminal law classes to illustrate causation. This is Jason Robard's last feature film. I had to look it up. He plays the super old guy who's dying of cancer. Uh, Tom Cruise had a similar experience meeting his father on his deathbed after a long estrangement and asked PTA whether he knew about it while he was writing the script. Parth, do you want to trudge any of that up right now? Because I'm kind of curious of Tom Cruise's family history. Are you really? 
Oh, genuinely. Um, if Tom Cruise is listening to this, I'm sorry I'm about to trudge up some probably traumatic things that happened in your life, but also you're really rich and famous and powerful. So I think you'll be okay. I would be shocked if he was listening. But if you are, flattered. Flattered as always. Yeah. Um, basically, his mother and father uh, divorced when Cruz was 12. And he's described his dad as like a bully. And he was apparently physically abusive with him, his mother, and his sisters. And um, he did not like him. They would have to move around and stuff because his dad couldn't keep a job. He was estranged from him for, like, most of his life. If you watch a lot of Tom Cruise movies like I have, you will notice a running theme of daddy issues. Um, Oh. Yeah. Complicated. And um, he received a call from his sister uh, saying that his his dad was going to – was in the hospital and was not going to make it pretty soon. And they'd been estranged for a while. He went to go see him. And the – According to Cruz, the two of them just talked, and he forgave him kind of, and was like, "All right, cool." And then they, and then his dad died. Um, but because of the estrangement between him and his dad, he's apparently incredibly close with his sisters and his mom. Parth, in my final moments, I want you to come to my deathbed and forgive me. You fucking fuck. For always showing up late to the show. Um, <laughs> okay, um, so the speaking of, the word fuck is used uh, 190 times uh, compared to The Wolf of Wall Street, which is 506. Um, Amy <clears throat> Mann's w- Wise Up. I, ooh. <sighs> Amy Mann's Wise Up was also used in Jerry Maguire, also starring Tom Cruise. The What Do Kids Know show director's assistant is played by William Mapother. Maypother. Maypother. Oh, that's the name. Uh, who is Tom Cruise's uh, cousin in real life. First Dial- cousin, yeah. Mm. Uh, dialing the telephone number 877-TAME-HER from the film used to give a recording of Tom Cruise giving the seduce and destroy pitch. Almost every location contains at least one picture or painting of a magnolia, which, fun fact, uh, on the fun fact, um... Musician Fiona Apple is responsible for many of the paintings seen throughout the film. Mm. Um, I, I think Fiona Apple and PTA were dating, were dating at the time. Yes, they were. I'm glad you bring that up. And there's a famous article, and it just yeah. headlined Fiona Apple, Why I Quit Cocaine After an Excruciating Night with Paul Thomas Anderson and Quentin Tarantino, which I just feel like yeah. needs highlighting. Um, uh, at the time of release, PTA stated Magnolia is, quote, for better or worse, the best movie I'll ever make, which I think time has proved that that was not the case. Um, yes. But uh, more fun facts. Paul Thomas Anderson screened, screened the film Network, 1976, to his production team before filming began. It's always fun to hear the movies, especially if there's several that the, the directors force the crew to watch to get in the mood. Yeah. Um, Luis Guzman is credited as himself. Um, and that's that. And we're into the one star reviews. So this first one star review I added because it's reminiscent mm. of a sound of a video a sound that I think you are a, are, I'm, I think that you are a fan of. I'm very humored by it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Should I 
Should I read this like it's the kid? <laughs> of whoever you're referencing, sure. Whether it's a kid. So or this an adult. is from TC. Maybe wow. this is Tom Cruise. Imagine. Maybe he didn't. He didn't it'll, love. It'll, the film. it'll be like Burt Reynolds hating Boogie Nights in in hindsight. Mostly cuss words and violence. Every other word is a cuss word in this film, movie, and filled with violence. Uh, can you play the sound, please? No, no more no saying cuss words. Is I'm putting a video on YouTube about no more saying cuss words. And violence. If you say a cuss word, then you are like, no more saying cuss words, guys. I'm putting a video on YouTube about no more saying cuss words. If you say a cuss word, then you are like, going to jail. And you're like, no more saying cuss words, guys. When you go to jail, if you say if you say cuss words, you go to jail. And when you go to jail, you said a cuss word. If you say a cuss broccoli and other vegetables for your whole life. No more saying cuss words. Cuss words. So funny. Um, should I should I do the next one? Should I do it in the same Please. voice or, or my normal this, voice? No, no, no. I think you'll be fine. But I think this this seems like it's written by a famous oh. author. Well, you said JKR. Oh, you were saying JK Rowling. I thought you were saying the Joker. JKR. Uh, wait, <gasps> I think that might be the Joker. Wait, whose voice should can, I do? Can the Joker read this? It'll be the Joker if he was in Harry Potter. Um, okay, I'll show you to the Joker. Ah, uh, nope. No way, forget it. Not gonna happen. Reeks. P.U. What a stinker. Oh, God. It sucks. Uh, my, my Joker isn't as practiced as yours. But I tried to have some Would fun. you like me to read it? Uh, you're gonna make me look silly in comparison, but sure. No, 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 no. No, but I, I, it's not to make you look silly, but I read this and I was like, this is hilarious and I want to read this as the Joker. Why don't you read the next one? As the, why don't you read Jamie's review? As, as an oak. Oh, so this is from Jamie and it reads uh, Disc missing. <laughs> I bought this as a gift for my dad. He opened it two months later and one disc is missing. And the missing disc is the actual movie. Complete waste of time. Complete waste of money on an incomplete product that seems used and not new. Angry emoji. It's not about money. It's not about the money. It's about sending a message. Everything, Everything burns. burns. Wow. Why Parth. should I have all the fun? Parth, I think we're destined to do this forever. I think we're destined to talk about to, this film. Yeah, to move into to the To talk general. about what's working, what's not working. Just we're, that. We're already up to 40 minutes. We're on, we're on par to wow. maybe get a third of this film's runtime. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a line to you from an opera. I want you to give me that line back in the language in which the opera was originally written. And for a bonus 250, uh, you can sing it. I'm Stanley Spector. There is the story of a boy genius. Willa Catherine, Thomas Kidd, Jean-Baptiste Poclamelier. And the game show host. I'm Jimmy Gator. Live from Burbank, California. First question for 25. This French playwright and actor joined the Bejar troupe of actors. And the ex-boy genius. I'm Chris Donnie Smith. I used to be smart, now I'm just stupid. There is the story of the dying man. I'm Earl Partridge. I have a son, you know. You do? Uh, find him. I'm Frank T.J. Mackey. 
his lost son. What did he say? Because I am not going to take care of him. What does he want? And the dying man's wife. I'm Linda Partridge. I took care of him through this, Alan. What now then? Me and him. Do you understand? There's no one else. No one else. The caretaker. Hello. I'm Phil Parma. See, this is uh, the scene of the movie where you help me out. And there is the story of a mother. I'm Rose Gator. You come home soon after the show. I love you. Love you too. And the daughter. I'm Claudia Wilson Gator. Now that I've met you, would you object to never seeing me again? And the police officer in love. I'm Officer Jim Curring. My life is very stressful, and I'd hope to have a relationship that is very calm and undemanding and loving. So if you are this person, please leave me a message at box number 82. And this will all make sense in the end. This is not an easy job. I have to take everything and play it as it lays. Sometimes people need a little help. Sometimes people need to be forgiven. And that is a very tricky thing on my part, making that call. But you can forgive someone, well, that's the tough part. What can we forgive? Was that unclear? Kind of. Oh, God. One course. Uh, well, um, now that I have, have you seen this movie before? I I have I have the DVD, and so on one or two occasions, I I've put it. Uh, in the DVD player and sort of had it on in the background and I've only paid attention to it like once but I will say that today even though my viewing conditions were not ideal was my first real viewing and it's also the one that I've enjoyed the most interesting what about you I'd I'd seen this once when I was in high school um, but I think it was on my phone so I don't think that's like the most ideal way to watch a movie um, and then, uh, Adam Volerich, friend of the show, uh, did film club for a while where he, was this uh, talked about in we, film club? I would feel like I missed mm-hmm. out. Wow. You did. Um, and we watched, I think, I don't remember if I was the one that suggested this movie for it or what, but, uh, basically during quarantine, our professor was like, everybody seems like they're going to be really depressed. So we should do a thing where we all watch a movie and then go on a zoom and talk about it for an hour. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Uh, which is really nice of him. Yep. But uh, this was the movie that one of the movies that we'd done for film club and everybody was kind of lukewarm on it, I would say. Mm. Um, and my opinion of it had definitely gone down. And then this rewatch, um, I'm somewhere in the middle, I think. Cool. Between uh, the, the first time I like I I watched it, I gave it like five stars or something. Wow, that's um, shocking. This does not. I mean, I know it has Tom Cruise in it, but there are several elements of this movie that don't seem like your type of movie. Well, it's not that it's not my type of movie. It was when I was watching it, I was like, "Yo, that shot lasted so long. That's crazy." And so then I think that's why I was like, "This is a masterpiece." Um, it kind of is. <clears throat> I, whoa, do you really believe that? 
Like, defining the word masterpiece is, uh, is hard. I know, I'm surprised it didn't find its way into either the production history or the fun facts, but, uh, it was a quote of PTA on Mark Maron, and he was like, oof, yeah, Magnolia, if I edited that now, it would probably be an hour shorter, and I would just completely uproot several of the storylines. And I feel like the implication was that he's more self-aware and and more willing to kill his babies now that he's older and wiser. And, um, but... I feel like it was the perfect perfect movie for him at the time and he and he definitely thought so. But I mean it says a lot that even the director 10 year, you know 20 years later can say that the, his movie could be an hour shorter, which is very significant. The, the, this is a quote that we'd read in film club and I remembered it um which is funny after reading the quote of him saying Magnolia is for better or worse the best movie I'll ever make yeah because in a behind the scenes documentary featurette for the DVD he says quote it's too fucking long it's all just too fucking too yeah he as Which, in he was losing his mind and even knew that it was too long then yeah he, he I think he knows that it's too long I mean it's Magnolia is the type of movie that's really difficult to criticize because it's not like they were aiming for something I, and maybe missed the mark or something. I was going to say, achieve. it's, it's it, exactly what it wanted to be. Yeah. yeah, and so from that perspective, I really respect it. And I, I think there's large sections of this movie that I really do love. I mean, something that's pretty incontrovertibly true about Paul Thomas Anderson is that he knows how to put a movie together, um, just from a technical he's, standpoint. He's kind of one of the best. And, you know, I mean... I was like saying it kind of as a joke, but a lot of the craft here is like really something to look at. Um, and I, I think that like how bold some of the camera movements are and just sort of so bold, the audacity of it kind mm. of is, is I think it's something to be commended. It's, yeah. it, I think that that's easily like one of the best things about it is just the way that it's put together. Um, I texted you while watching this movie of saying that this movie is just one, one long montage because that's that's true more or less. And I, and it was a thought I was having I was like watching this movie and I was like this feels like if you were to take the climax of a movie but it was just scenes of climaxes just happening one after another and you're just intercutting between them because everybody is just at such a heightened level of emotion um, all the time. And that's not like he didn't know that's what he was doing. So again, it makes it difficult to criticize, but I think that's part of my problem is that because it all feels like a montage, it doesn't feel like there's scenes in the movie. Weirdly, it reminded me of Elvis from Mm. this year. Wow. Um, this is better than Elvis. Yes. But um, just in that regard, the cam- it just felt like things were just moving from scene to scene, but you're not actually getting a scene. But aren't the camera moves? I mean, but there are some full scenes. There are scenes, but they're placed in this larger context of these other scenes. I mean, I think that like the the few scenes that there are is the scene of the dad on his deathbed yep. talking to... Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, mm-hmm. and then um, 
the scene of Tom Cruise at like saying bedside. fuck you to his dad. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, I mean it, I I don't even know if like I dislike about that about the movie or um I just think that sometimes it can be difficult to latch on to it because it's just so long and it just keeps going. I I, um, I think you when you saw me today at the CSB when you were picking up equipment, I was about at the two hour mark in the film. And yeah, you I, had an hour left. And I told you that my body and my internal movie clock was really ready to wrap things up and that it even seemed like the movie at times was ready to wrap things up. And I just kept hitting the cursor and seeing that there was an hour left and I couldn't sort of help but be exhausted. And I was like, damn it, I've loved the last two hours. Why does this have to keep going? And if I was in a movie theater, I would be torturing myself because I would have to pee so bad. I I think that, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be controversial with you. I think the William H. Macy plot can go. Quiz Kid like, Donnie I under- Smith. I I understand why it's there, and I understand the way it ties into, um, uh, John C. Riley's yep. thing at the end. But I I just think that there's so much happening, and I don't think you need that because everything else seems way more connected than that. I was just gonna say I was trying to think about the subplot that had the least connective tissue. To the other ones, and I was like, uh, here, I, I have the DVD, uh, all the characters on the front to help me uh, talk about this. But there's, like, the quiz show half, and then there's, like, the diseased guy half. And yeah. I guess Quiz Kid Donnie Smith is only an extension, as in a more important character is the current host of the show, and he also will run into William a- uh, into John C. Riley uh, when he's robbing the store at the end, <clears throat> which yeah, is I mean, which I, is a scene that I like. But I did think during his I like bar, it too during his bar stuff. I was kind of like ugh, it ugh, you know. I also think that you get what what you're trying to what what PTA is trying to get across with him. You kind of already get with the actual little kid that's there. I don't think that he's saying anything more with that William H. Macy plotline? When, I guess that is interesting to think of him as the adult version of the the other uh, prodigy kid. But when William H. Macy's like leaving the bar and he's like, uh, talking about, uh, don't confuse children with angels. I'm like, I feel like this is supposed to be deep and I'm not sure if I'm the one missing the point or if it just like isn't that deep. But like, I will say, I love uh, movies just where it's like very tactile but then at the end there is like one very supernatural but like believable thing and having the frogs to bring everything together i think it's 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 chef's kiss i think do you disagree yeah no i i like the i like it it's the thing you walk out of the theater talking about it's awesome. I, I think my main problem with the movie is sometimes I don't really think that it's saying all that much. I guess that's the end of my sentence. Uh, like uh, in terms of I th- my favorite part, and this is not just because I'm a fanboy. My favorite part is the cruise section because I think that that's – you see him go through an arc the most out of anybody else. Um, and I think that that's the most interesting 
thing in the movie because everybody else is just so like somber and sad and crying or about to cry. And you have this sort of burst of energy with Cruz. Um, but I think that, and, and the other thing that doesn't work for me really in the movie that I think I would like this movie way more if this aspect did work is John C. Riley's character. What about it? I I also looked up a ranking of the of the of the subplots, and John C. Riley seemed to be low on the list. People didn't like the un unresolved murder of the woman and the worm and the kid with the rap and John C. Riley because you, you that never really comes full circle. Like he gets shot at, and then it's un- unreferenced. I th- I think that the thing with John C. Riley's character is it seems a little like they didn't fully get what his character is because it seems like he's supposed to be this nice guy and that's why he's good for uh the game show host's daughter cynthia yeah but the problem is that your introduction to him is him being like an asshole to this woman in her house and having a cop going into this black lady's house and just being like ma'am you need to calm down and like i get he's not meant to be like racist necessarily but he he doesn't come off like nice in that i mean i think it it can get a pass given that the woman had a dead body in her closet so she was guilty of something but i agree but but she's guilty in the end but he like forces himself in and I, I, you know what I mean? I agree that while watching it, my, I was thinking John C. Riley is like the most likable guy ever. And then you made him a cop, which is very unlikable. And then I feel like they did a very, I don't know if it's a good job. I mean, I guess it's a good job making an interesting, complex character. But I was like, he is so likable sometimes and so unlikable at other times. But I guess. And, and also like the fact that he. I never love in movies when it's like, like the he doesn't like force himself onto Cynthia or anything like that. But he is like using his position of power to like get into her apartment and then being like, "Well, I wouldn't want anything bad to happen to you, and that's why I just want to make sure." And that's such a like nice guy in in movies thing that like. I don't like, I don't think is very interesting. And the thing is, if that stuff wasn't there, everything else with him, I'm kind of like, yeah, no, like I like that. And I think that that works. But because that other stuff exists, I'm already kind of not with him on that. I love when he falls down the hill and he loses his gun and he's yelling at himself. It's like so good. And yeah, I, and I like but, him to, and I like him talking to himself in the car. I just don't know he what just, it like means. I don't I don't really understand the importance of it in the grand scheme of the movie. Parth, it's all a matter of chance. I guess, but I don't know what the movie like it's it keeps talking about like these aren't coincidences. These were meant to happen or mm-hmm. kind of. It's just, it's, but I don't really know whether it even like means that because I don't think that it's like this was all meant to happen like this. I don't even think that that's like the point of the movie. The point of the movie more so seems like all these sort of broken people finding a way forward because it's all kind of people that are in some way abused by their parents. They're all cheating on each other too. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Um, But I I just don't think that it 
I think that this, the things that it does the most interesting stuff with is with Cynthia and with Tom Cruise's character. And I do like the kid. But I will say, I do love him going to his dad and saying, yeah, you need, you need to, be, to nice. be nicer to me. I agree. And his dad being like, fuck you. Um, uh, it's always so funny to me. And it's, I mean, it's terrible, but it's really funny. I like, I mean, I did this before when I saw you, but um, I want to edit in a soundbite. I was, I was going to say you should. Of Julianne Moore, she goes, <laughs> suck so many cats. <laughs> I suck other men's cocks. Other, other, <laughs> other men's cocks. Speaking to Josephine. Absolutely right. For 500. Next voice. I don't want him to die. I didn't love him when we met, and I, I did so many bad things to him that he doesn't know. Or things that I want to confess to him. But, but now I do. I love him. Linda, what kind of medication this is this? This isn't any fucking medication talking. This isn't, I don't know, I don't know. Can you give me nothing? Can you, you, you have power of attorney. Can you go, can you go in the final fucking moment and change the will? I, I, I don't want any money. I couldn't live with myself with this thing that I've done. I've, I've done so many bad things. I, I fucked around. I fucking cheated on him. I fucking cheated on him, Alan. There, there, you're his lawyer, our lawyer. I'm his wife. We are married. I broke the contract of marriage. I fucked around on him many times. I sucked other men's cocks. Adultery is not against the law. It's not something you can use in court to discredit the will. Linda. Oh, my God. Um, there was uh, she's really good in this movie. I love her. Don't call me lady! I love her at the pharmacy. Um, yeah. And, I mean, we talked about this, too, but when she's at the pharmacy and the guy is, like, like eyeing her down and then she just does, like, a little flick with her eyelashes and it's like she's really, really looking at that guy. Yeah, I mean, she's fucking awesome and everything. Yeah. Wait, um, and, and I mean, while we're going down complimentary row, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, when he's watching Tom Cruise talk to the dad, and then he just does, like, this, like, tear wipe with his fingers. Yeah. Oh, my God. I could watch Philip Seymour Hoffman. I would dropkick the fucking dogs. I could watch Philip Seymour Hoffman react to other emotional situations all day. Um... Uh, but Trent, a... I'm interested to know. Mm. Your, I mean, this is Cruzapalooza. I'm interested to know thoughts your thoughts on, on that Frank, subplot. Frank T.J. Mackey. Yeah. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is how. Um, I wanted to remember to talk about this when he's first shown in the interview, and he has no shirt and no pants on, and just like yeah. there is some third. Uh, a third party object in his pants that is not attached to his body and like i guarantee it because it is not the shape of the human anatomy no it is definitely not real um so my thoughts on frank tj mackey's subplot in its entirety i really like yeah i I guess cruise in it i really like the interview with the woman his haircut is crazy i like how he like strokes he just like strokes his hair into a ponytail a lot. Um, he's like really buff when he doesn't have a shirt on. No complaints there. Um, I kind of yeah, Trent. You were telling me all about how you liked Tom Cruise's buff physique over text, weren't you? No, I mean there there would be no text messages to support that. Yes, <clears throat> anyways. Um. Do you think his is the meatiest of the plots? Yes, 
100%. Which is why it's my favorite in the movie. Because he goes through, I mean, we don't see him change or anything, but I would say we see the most happen with his character. Um, And it's also worth noting that, like, I mean, Cruz did a, I mean, Cruz chose the wardrobe and the look for his character. And his, I think that his character's entrance is really good, like really strong. Not, Not when you see him on TV, but the respect the cock monologue yeah with the 2001 music yes um and apparently he helped rewrite that monologue um and the stuff with his dad at the end um anderson had written dialogue but like cruz wasn't feeling it so he was like let me just like kind of like improv and feel this as we go and i i think that it works really well Wow, I feel like that's very, very real, then, to Tom Cruise's life. Yeah, I wonder if he had daddy issues, you know? A complicated relationship with his father. I feel like Philip Baker Hall has a lot of screen time, too. Yes. Uh, What do you think about that? I mean, I like uh, like the story, Bad Guy, I mean, in the end. Um, but I mean, he, uh, I mean, I I love any ensemble and this is one of like the craziest fucking ensemble casts, like maybe ever. And so we could really, I mean, the, this list on the back of the DVD is very long and uh, very impressive. Alfred Molina. He's like, the. oh yeah, I totally forgot he was in this. He's like the 12th name because he's playing a guy named Solomon who owns a furniture store and he's fucking awesome. I guess my one issue with Philip Baker Hall's storyline is that I, I don't think the movie ever paints him as anything but a bad guy by the end. Um, but with the frogs, I'm kind of confused because it seems like the frogs are meant to be somewhat like a cleansing of yeah. some kind. Yeah. But I he's about to kill himself and the frog saves him from himself. And so I don't like know that's I guess my problem with the movie overall is sometimes it does stuff. And I don't really understand like why what that's supposed to mean in the grand scheme of things and why he gets saved, I guess. Parth, I don't uh, know. you may be through with the past, but the past ain't through with you. I feel like that if anything I guess is, that's I guess, I guess that's that, fair. If anything is the thesis of the movie, given they repeat it so many times. But also like ain't that the fucking truth? Hmm. But also, uh, just while we're here, I love, love, love the opening montage segment, however you describe it. Um, And when I had 10 minutes before the episode started, I was like, what should... I've already watched the movie, what should I watch while I eat my meal? And so I start watch the first 10 minutes, because maybe the most fun... I have is in the first 10 minutes and then I gradually lose steam. 
even though the mo- <laughs> even though the movie is there's so many minutes after that. No, I'm saying for the first two hours I'm going up the hill, and then for the last hour I'm going down. The oh, hill. oh, 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 okay, okay. But also, some of the best scenes are in the last hour, and also we're we yes. haven't even referenced the fact that there is a whole scene without just a music video where the characters just sing. What were they sing? It's not. Good. Oh, I don't know that how much I loved that. I oh. feel like that was like the one point in the movie where I was like, "This is kind of laughable." Like where it's like so over dramatically sad. Yeah. But I don't know. But I mean, th- that might just be me. But at the same at, at the same time, I could watch Paul Thomas Anderson characters um, snort cocaine and then whip their head back all day long. Mm, you do bring up a good point there. What's PTA's movie after this? Punch Drunk Love. Yes, he wa- after this movie he wanted to make something that was ninety minutes long, and Punch Drunk Love is like almost exactly ninety minutes long. Wow. If we don't do uh what 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 PTA should we do next for this show? I mean you want to do boogie nights. I know that. I mean the um, sh- the, the show isn't complete if we don't do that. What was the point I have, of that all? I have tried extremely hard to get people from PTA movies. I know. Um, but I, I think we'll get one eventually. When the time um, is right. There's one guy that I've gotten close to. But we'll get there. Do do you have any final pros and cons that you want to talk about? Um, I feel like I guess said, just we, I feel like we've said a lot. Just like good, really great performances, really great craft. I think just too long, just too much. Could have done without some stuff. Um, but just a well a well made movie that. Um. Yeah. It's interesting he makes this after Boogie Nights. Yeah, I think this movie's such a banger, and I think it's interesting because it's like never a movie that I'm particularly in the mood to watch because it's kind of melancholy the whole time. Yes. Yeah. And it's so we, long. Wait, like Schindler's Trent, List. It's I'm, longer than Schindler's it's, List. It's getting kind of warm. I'm. Well, this movie. Wait, I'm hearing something. This movie is like a cold fall day, but this nuclear bomb is like the summertime. My skin. It's burning. It's burning. It's you and Jordan. Yes. Yeah. Um. Well, that nuclear bomb hurt. Now I have a headache. Thanks, Parth. Um. Who? What's the implication that during the ratings gauntlet are we dropping the nuclear bomb? Who's dropping the nuclear bomb? No, I. I don't think. I think the the bomb is just getting dropped. We have no control over it. From one of the U.S.'s rivals. Maybe wait. Maybe it is the U.S. just testing out their. It's like Indiana Jones. Isn't that what happens? Is it? Isn't it the U.S. that fires off the nuke? Or am I crazy? No, it's the Soviets. Wait, no. It was an accident. Bec- In Indiana, I don't remember. Came to the Crystal Skull. Are asking where yeah. it, it happens? Like there- who's who's in charge of that? The the Americans. They're on the American base. 
Okay, yeah. So, and yeah, I think that they're, it's... They're, they're at Area 51. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I, I just don't remember all the plot details of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the best Indiana Jones film. Um, but, um, Trent, you know what we should keep the details of? Just, like, whether we'd recommend this movie... Um, whether we'd rewatch this movie and like maybe what we'd rate this movie. I can't you know? believe the first chapter of Cruise of Palooza is coming to a close before our very eyes. It really is. It is coming to a close. Do you think this is the longest movie we've ever covered? Probably. It, yes. Until we record episodes on the Lord of the Rings movies, I don't think we would ever pass this movie in wow. terms of length. Are all of the Lord of the Rings movies longer than three hours? Yes. Wow. The extended cut of the third one, the extended cut, to be fair, is four hours, 20 minutes. Four hours, 20. Hey, yo. Yeah. You got to chill with that. I was saying as in four, four twenty, like, like Snoop Dogg. Who? Snoop Doggy Dog, Snoop D-O-double-G. Sorry, I only know Snoop Lion. Oh, his, oh, his original, his original nomenclature. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have no idea how many stars to give this, or I mean, how many numbers, you know? But well, would you rewatch it? Yeah, I, I really, I, I, I definitely enjoyed this viewing. Um, so I would rewatch it. I would recommend it when, whenever someone is doing something vignette, either in creative writing class or in film class, I can't help but think about Magnolia and think about how the thing that every film student is missing is a cohesive thing that actually attaches all of the storylines and then something cool that happens at the end, like the frogs, that actually, um, you know, is, is a satisfying end to uh, all the, to, to the respective storylines. Um, but what would I give it? It's our first PTA. Maybe the last one for a while. I'm going with like an eight. Like if this, like this, this movie is right up my alley and it only makes me have a complicated relationship with it because it is so long and because it is simply so sad. But sometimes I can be sad and long. And so maybe we deserve each other. I think you're destined to do this forever. I heard, uh, you know, uh, our film advisor woman, Jackie. Yes, Jackie w- Steedman. Yes, <laughs> friend, friend off the show. <laughs> friend off the show. <laughs> I was listening to uh, Car Seat Headrest, uh, a band, a good band on YouTube in the equipment Male room. manipulator brand, band. I mean, not that anyone involved in the band is a male manipulator, but it's just a stereotype that the listeners of the band, but not that the members of the band themselves are problematic, Um, only its followers, I guess. But talented musicians, nonetheless, Jackie Steeman walks by and she says, are you okay? And so I turn down the music and she says, I heard someone crying down the hallway and I just wanted to come and make sure everything was okay in here. And I, and I was like, Oh, that was just, I was just listening to music. She was like, it sounded like someone was crying. Very funny. Well, thank you, Jackie friend off the show. We don't know what, we don't know what we do without you. Thank you for telling me what credits, how many credits I have. (laughs) (laughs) I would recommend this movie. 
I mean, it's it's definitely one of a kind. I can't think what? of a movie that's quite like this. Uh, I, yeah, um, I don't, I don't want to leave the show or this earth without acknowledging how banger the camera movements are in this movie. They're so yes. awesome. Like the sh- introductory shot of Stanley, like over all of the tables as he's like in the library with all of the books. And I'm like, literally, unless you're hanging from the ceiling, how do you do this like dolly like move? Maybe with like a crane. Um, but like, what a beast to figure, to figure that out. And also I love, um, like PTA and David Fincher are so good at like extreme close up inserts of like writing and stuff. Yes, and, uh, the and craft like is te- text on well on display. Yes, craft well on display. Craft services is our show where we talk about. Oh, tighten mm-hmm. back up. Uh, welcome back to craft services where we talk about the movies. Um, last, we talk about last, a film. Last Hopefully, week have a crew member. We had sound mixer John Pritchett. Um, but yeah, I would recommend this movie. I would rewatch scenes of this movie. I don't know the next time I rewatch the whole movie. Um, just cause again, I, I think I really like parts of it. Um, I don't, I think that watching the whole thing is a tall order. Um, but I, I think I'd rate it a seven. Mm. I think it's, it's different enough from other movies and really well made, um, really good performances and just like good writing. It's, I just think that the whole is a little bit less than the sum of its parts personally. I know that there's like Slacker, I believe, and other examples of um, anthology films, but this is the best anthology film I can think of. Well, this isn't really an anthology film. An well, anthology film is like it's short films, like oh. they're actually not connected. So just um, vi- so just vignettes then. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is like an ensemble or like a. Yeah, I don't know what you would call this. What what are other movies like this? I don't know. Most movies aren't like this. Like, like, way like, more connected. But maybe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Oh I, wait, no, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. Pulp Fiction is probably closest to that's, this. That's obviously a really good example. And I guess before this. Yes, um, but not that uh, much before. Um, also, this movie, a nineteen ninety nine movie. Greatest yeah. year. Apparently. They make books about how good this year in movie making was. But yeah, part, I would recommend it. I would rewatch parts of it and a 7 out of 10 part where I'm landing. Both so not our, so far from you. Both of our parents sat through all of the movies in 1999 and then like a few months passed and then they were like, let's start a family, you know? <laughs> um, the movies of 2000 weren't really that good. So they're like, ah, well. What's an example? We got to. Well, I don't know. Well, I'm just the joke is that like they couldn't enjoy going to movie theaters, so instead they, you know, I wouldn't want to say it here. <laughs> Wait, Barth, I literally have no idea what you're referencing. Um, all right, well, almost. Famous, it's not a concept I think you're aware of. Almost um, famous scary movie, Love and Basketball. Um. A lot of Freddie Prince Jr., um, but uh, the 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 Patriot. Um, Yo, the Patriot came out in oh, two thousand. Remember the Titans Requ- Requiem for a Dream, 
Right, this is getting more interesting. Requiem for a Dream is like meant to be good, right? Un- I've never seen it. Un- Unbreakable. Yeah, I haven't seen Requiem for. That a is Dream. a good movie. Re- rec- uh, but uh, remember, the Titans is good. Dude, where's my car? I watched that the other day. Overrated. You were disappointed, right? Yeah, as someone who smokes weed, I really wanted to enjoy it, and it's not that good. Sorry, parts. You smoke mom. what? Sorry, parts, mom and dad. Sorry, parts relatives. <laughs> um, should we? I mean, we could just let this episode continue for another two hours, or we could just—we're at hour one hour fifteen minutes of recording. If we go for another two hours, we'll beat Magnolia. I, I was going to say my our original goal should be 90 minutes because that's the length um, that just so we could be a major motion picture. So, or, I mean, I guess 50, mm. 50 Have minutes. Have we ever reached? Yeah, we must. Oh, no, we've done the two hour talk before. What, so, yeah, we've done what, what was the two hour talk? Well, I guess this can't wholly count, but it was our last Jedi episode. Hmm. Wait, no, it can't count. We recorded two hours of discussion, but you had to edit down, edit out like an hour of it. Oh my god, I remember that. I I remember the call was hours, hours, hours. Yes. I, only because we're wrapping up, I, when you were talking about viewing movies on your phone earlier, or how that was your original viewing of this movie, I meant to reference the time that I walked into a friend of the show, Jordan Sigafus's house, and their housemate, Ryan Morales, aka Mr. M, was on the couch, um, in the dark with headphones on, with his phone horizontal, held incredibly close to his face, and then we flick on the light, and we say, what are you watching? He goes, yo, I'm watching this movie Whiplash. Have you heard of it? <laughs> it? It's super good. And I was just like, wow, Whiplash, maybe the great one of the greatest films of the last 10 years. I'm glad it is being s- discovered uh, under these ideal viewing conditions. It, I was going to say we should cover Whiplash, but I, I just realized we have. Sometimes we're better than we even mean to be. Yeah. Uh... Wow. It, it 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 ain't easy being green. No, it is not. Um Parth, don't you wanna have but, the amount of creative freedom and money to just like make a three hour movie though? Don't you have to fucking respect the hustle? Because uh, I do. I don't even want to hear about it because it's just gonna make me depressed. Um oh. <laughs> But um you know what should be really easy or what is really easy? Is um listening to other listening episodes to this of our show. show and telling your friends yeah. and family and liking and subscribing and giving us five stars and leaving a comment on your favorite streaming podcast service. So that's all of the things. Um, follow us on all of our social media, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we'll see how much longer Twitter is around. Um, yeah, it's crazy how quickly that's crashing and burning. Yeah. Can you feel um, can you feel it like from day to day it getting worse? Not really. It's I mean it's like mostly the same. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people are having fun talking about the fact that it's yes. getting worse. People are bullying Elon Musk so hard that apparently Elon Musk is saying that he's just going to hire somebody else to run it. Wow. So that's there. Um but eh it's whatever. I think I mean, like, it sucks that he owns it and it's bad for humanity, but I think people are also, like, overreacting um, to certain elements of it. 
Also, um, the more I learn about Elon Musk, the less I like him. So, yeah, not a great guy. Um, ten kids. He has one, ten. One, you, he has ten kids. I and more. I think on the way. And you want to know one of his? Uh, I believe his daughter's transgender and um, legally changed her name because she did not want to be associated with him. And when asked about it, he said. Well, I have pretty good relationships with most of my other kids, so you win some and you lose some. Yeah, that's not ideal. No. Um, well, next week, uh, <laughs> we, now that, we now, talk about... Now that we're checking our emails while the other person is talking, let's talk about what's happening next week. Well, I wasn't doing that, but it's interesting you were. Uh, next week, we talk about collateral uh, with... Who do we have, Trent? <laughs> I passed it off to you because I didn't remember. And I thought you might. Great. Look what you did. Wow. Clint, Clint. Are you going to keep that in the edit? Clint Wallace. Wow. No, I'll, I'll no but back. what did he do? I knew I'm, that. I'm trying to... I didn't know his... Um... Set decorator? Right? Art department. Production. I think it was set de- a set decorator. That that sounds about right. Clint Wallace. Production. Uh, well, he was, this is Dr. Strange guy. Yeah. I think I think it is. Um All right. Oh, here he is. I remember this guy. Join us next week for our interview with set decorator Clint Wallace. Uh worked on a bunch of cool things. Curious case of Benjamin Button, John Wick 3, Top Gun Maverick. Has some cool stories. Another two-part episode. So it'll be t- uh part 1. Um of the two total parts. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh, next week, Trent, half my thesis will be shot. By the time this episode comes out, your shoot shoot will a be quarter. in the making. Yeah, a quarter of it will be done. <sighs> wow. Wow. Well, you should. All prob- right. You should probably. <laughs> you should probably go shot list your shot list. Shot list. I already shot listed. But uh, no. But I need to like go to bed. Yeah. Um. All right. Good night. See moon. you guys next week. Good night. Good night. We part. love you. Good night, loyal listeners. In the New York Times, November twenty-six, year nineteen eleven, there is an account of the hanging of three men. They died for the murder of Sir Edmund William Godfrey, husband, father, pharmacist, and all-around gentleman resident of. He was murdered by three vagrants who smuggled a simple robbery. They were identified as Stanley Berry, Green, Barry, Hill. And I would like to thank this was only a matter of chance. 
as reported in the Reno Gazette in June of 1983. There is the story of a fire. The water that it took to contain the fire. And the scuba diver named Delmer Darren. Employee of the Nugget Hotel and Casino. Reno Fire. Engaged as a black Well liked and well regarded as a physical, recreational, and sporting Employee of the Nugget Hotel and Casino.